For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Try Cora's cult favorite period products without joining a cult. Cora offers modern period products like whisper-thin pads and liners with a breathable cotton top sheet and tampons made with 100% organic cotton. And with a full range of absorbencies, Cora's got you covered from heavy flow to barely there days. Try Cora today for a more comfortable period, clean and simple. Find Cora nationwide at Target, CVS, and online at cora.life. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Mike Lucas and Tom Oates. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Leopold's Books Bar and Cafe and Fabiola's Spaghetti House on Regent Street. We want to thank you for giving us another chance. This is episode three. And I know we really haven't talked about Brewers baseball, and probably some people are glad we haven't for whatever reason. But the Brewers are deserving of a little discussion. And I bring that up at the onset only because I feel like we've almost cheated them. I know there are other things going on in the state. Number one priority is always going to be the Packers, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think the Packers dwarf everything in, in the state. And uh, sometimes, you know, people get get shorted a little bit. The Brewers, they're in the middle of a pennant race. The the Badgers, they're... Does, they're hey, Otsi, does it feel like a pennant race? Yeah, it feels like a pennant okay. race. I just I, want, I want confirmation from you. I'm a big... I love pennant races in baseball. I think it's the best thing in sports is a pennant race. It's because they play daily. The story changes daily. One day you wake up and they're two ahead of the Cubs, and three days later you wake up and they're five ahead of the Cubs. And, you know, it just, there's there's so many different stories, so many storylines, so many changes, so many reversals of field and all, all everything. And, and it's daily. It's not, you know, football certainly dominates the discussion this time of year, Badgers, Packers. But, you know, they play once a week, and then it's just talk. You know, with baseball, it's it's more than just sit and talk about it. It's it's a different. It's a game every week. Well, I want you to talk a little or bit about. Day, excuse me. I want you to talk a little bit about Craig Council and his impact and his influence on this franchise. But in this context, who has the bigger impact on the outcome of a team and/or season? A baseball manager, a football coach, a basketball or hockey coach. Who has the bigger impact? on a team? Well, that's a really hard question. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it, but um, I think they all do. I mean, I think they all have a twofold job, and and that is to create a great teaching culture. Everyone's holding themselves accountable within their locker room slash clubhouse. And then the whole strategization, yeah, easy for me to say, right? Good for you. Yeah, thank Spit you. Spit it out. I thought I'd keep trying. Uh, no, I um, uh, in baseball, there's, I don't know that there's, I, I think there's more strategy in football with all the plays and all of everything. But in baseball, the strategy is right out there for everybody to see, you know, are you going to bunt? Uh, are you going to take this relief pitcher out? Are you going to, you know, it's right out there and it's, 
it's the classic second guessing sport. But isn't it fair to say too that baseball has kind of changed its its whole demeanor because of analytics? No question, uh, no question. Uh, I, I think you're seeing all sports do that. We saw the Packers yesterday go for two in the fourth quarter uh, instead of kicking. Well, how, how about the knucklehead in, instead Chargers of kicking coach? A, an extra point to go to go down seven? I hear you. They, 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 and and that's that's all some analytics guy barking in the coach's ear, and uh, but analytics is, has really taken over baseball, and that's why you saw all the infield shifts that are now banned, and the lack of bunting. Anal, anal, the analytics guys decided that bunting was giving up an out was was too costly, averaged out over blah blah blah, and uh, that analytics took over baseball. That's why I like some of the newer rules that have have brought some of the old school baseball back. Well, when you see Council in the dugout, I mean, he's not all that animated all the time, is he? I mean, he does show some emotion. I mean, he's not a gum chewer like, oh, no, Luke Fickle or Kirk Ferentz. Uh, but he does seem to be in control all the time. There's a certain poise associated with Craig Council. Would you agree? Yeah, he's a very bright guy. And he's, and he's your classic manager that is two, three steps ahead of everybody else on the field. You know, the old, he's playing chess, they're playing checkers. And I don't, it's not quite as much of a difference as that. But the fact of the matter is, he's really on top of things. I mean, I, I remember when Canna hit that grand slam, rather than celebrate, he turned around and walked to the, to the bullpen phone and said, get somebody else up. We don't need our closer anymore. I mean, he did it like, Everyone else was jumping up and going crazy, and he spins and goes to the bullpen phone and says, "We don't need Devin Williams." Get because all of a sudden they had a four or five run lead. I can't remember a four four run lead. Yeah, it gave him the there was tie game. He always seems to be in control. I have a problem when people bring up, "Well, he's a players' coach. He's a players' manager." What's that mean to you? Does it mean the players run the clubhouse, run the team? I think it can. But I, I, th I don't think that's the case. I think you can be a player's coach and still run your team, and I think he does that. I think he's honest with players. He's upfront with players. He outlines everything, and the players really like him. And uh, the best example for me is what, what happens, um, maybe they'll have a really tough loss, you know, a home run, walk off by the, visit, by the, by the opponent, on a game they were leading, you know, those kinds of losses, they always bounce back after that. When they, when they hit a bad stretch where they're, where they're not, uh, they don't, uh, they lose two or three games in a row and they hit a bad stretch, they pop out of that. When they, um, you know, I, when they're not hitting, he finds other ways to win. I, I just, I think he's the best manager in baseball, so I'm. Do you really? Yeah. I mean, and I, I, can't, I can't, and I've felt that. For I can't a, post an argument against. I, it. I've felt that for a long time, and I think there are a lot of people in baseball that think the same way. You know, when we were talking a little bit about analytics, I brought up, I referenced the Los Angeles Chargers and that knucklehead coach who went forward on fourth down from his own twenty-nine yard line, who's been known to take chances analytically on fourth downs. I just don't get it. Something. When, when does common sense take over? Well, and when does uh, the whole notion of momentum and emotion and, yes. you know, you just handed them a chance to win the football game. If you, if you fail. They would have fired them before they got back if home. If you fail, you're handing them a chance to win the football game, a really good chance to win the football game. You know, you have to understand, it's not just what happens if you make it, it's what happens if you don't. 
And if you don't, you're you're all of a sudden the opponent is as jacked up as they could possibly. Yeah, they were lucky. You know, they were lucky they were playing a bad Minnesota Vikings team. Yeah, that, and that this Minnesota team with Kirk Cousins is your struggling. Guy. Your guy, and yet he still threw a, a pass low and away to Hawkinson that could have won the game for him. Probably should have caught it. And he, Hawkinson probably should have caught What's the ball. What's he making, around 17 million? Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, might, you might think about most making that Most expensive tight catch. end in the league. So, yeah. I, they gave Minnesota a chance to win that game, uh, uh, you know, an X percent chance. Let's say 40, as opposed to maybe if they punt, it's a 20% or a 10% chance or something like that. And But the analytics don't factor in what that does to the Minnesota Vikings when all of a sudden they have a chance. They didn't think they had a chance, and now they do. And and what does that do to them? And what does it do to the to the Chargers when they have to walk off the field and go, you get the ball on the 29-yard line or whatever it was? So let me get this right. We've established that you're looking forward to the Brewers in the postseason, correct? Absolutely. I love postseason baseball. I love pennant race baseball. Um for most of summer, it's a nice baseball is a nice backdrop. You know, if you, you could listen while you're doing something else, or or uh, listen on the radio, or or whatever. But uh, when when it comes to September, or August, September, and you're in a pennant race, I, I just think that's a blast. Well, it's just been easier on the eyes too because the ball is in play more. It makes and, such a and difference. And I think people are really interested in the Brewers for this reason, maybe more so than ever. The way they're pitching right now. I, I think they have a legitimate chance. I mean, I remember when they went into, uh, I think, did they play Philly when the, in the CC Sabathia year when all their pitchers were hurt, Sheets was hurt, and Gallardo had to come back have, having not pitched after missing most of the season. They're playing, I think it was the Phillies, and they ran out of pitching. I mean, they're sending guys out there. Now, you look at their top four pitchers, they're going to be sending an elite pitcher for this for this season out there any to any game they play, which is, I don't think it's been the case when they've been in the playoffs. In okay, the big guy, here's your question. Du jour, you've got one game to win in the postseason. You're the Milwaukee Brewers. Who do you start, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, or Miley? Um, I like, I think Burns has the best stuff, but I think Woodruff is the bulldog of the group. I, I think he's a he's an unbelievable competitor. And I, I would have to hand it to Woodruff. Fair enough. I want to segue quickly over to the— Who would you like? Well, I, I, I would go with Burns. I think he needs to prove himself in that situation. I think that's what's missing from his profile, don't you? Uh, he's, look at his numbers. They've been spectacular at times. But I want to see him respond in the postseason because I think he can be that big game pitcher for them. Uh, to be, in all fairness, the guy who's— Probably as tough a competitor as any is Wade Miley, right? He well, battles you. He battles. He's smart. He's so smart. And <clears throat> speaking of Wade Miley, having him on that team, I think, has really Big helped, difference. helped those young pitchers. Too. Well, he's helped mature them yep. more so than anything yep. else. All right, Absolutely. so the Badgers are off this week. Uh, it's a bye in the schedule. They beat Purdue. At not a very good Purdue team. But you got to go on the road. It's your conference opener. And they pretty much dominated that game. Um, the bad news is it was a fireworks victory. They lose their tailback, Ches Malusi. That, that, was, that was hard to watch. That was heartbreaking for Malusi. Third straight year that he's been injured. Heartbreaking uh, for Malusi, certainly. Heartbreaking for a lot of people who had grown to like him because he had a, he had a nice he – he had carved out a nice role. A lot of fans were really high on him. I, th- I thought myself that he, he was a really good fit for, 
for Phil Longo's air raid. He might have been playing of, better than Braylon of, of Allen. What raid. do you think this thought, year? Well, no, so far, but I think that was uh, he's he was a better running backs have styles, offenses have styles, and he was a and he was a very good fit for the offense, and he was off to a great start, and they had a great one-two punch. And they were different. That was probably the best thing about it is they were they were d- different types of backs. That's a big blow to the offense, especially when they get lined up against some of the better defenses that they'll see in the upcoming weeks. I mean, I, Tanner Mordecai has, has really established himself as a team leader. I like the way he handles himself. The fact that he's running the ball now and is posing a threat where defense has to account for him not only as a thrower but as a runner. Makes a world of difference, doesn't I, it? I thought his running against Purdue Friday night really opened up the offense. I, I, I think that's a dimension Wisconsin hasn't had, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, one more guy that that defense has to account for in in a different way. I mean, obviously they accounted for him as a as a passer, but now if he's going to run what what he run fourteen times twelve, um, all of a sudden. That's that's a defensive headache. One more headache for defenses, and I thought that was that was his biggest contribution. It really opened up the running game in other ways. Coach Prime came back down to earth, but that was certainly not unexpected. Playing at Oregon, no, you've been I, out there. You know how tough know, of a place that is. Coach Prime, if you listen to some of the announcers, he's told them he's seven or eight player, really good players away. Dogs, and you know what? He needs some dogs on both lines, is what he needs because they got pushed all they over did. that all over that football field, and you know, Coach Prime has never coached in a Power Five conference, and I think maybe all of a sudden he probably realized where he has to get his his team, and I mean the whole team, the lines. They have a lot of speed on that team. There's no question, but they they did not stand up on the line either line of scrimmage to Oregon. How'd you like Notre Dame's uh, Marcus Freeman lining up with 10 players on defense last two snaps against Ohio State? Oh, you know, has Ohio State fallen off so badly that the opponents spot them now? They <laughs> One spotted, arm behind my they, back. They spotted Ohio State to 10, man, 10 men on defense. McCord, really, their quarterback, young quarterback, came of age on that final drive. I mean, it's, like, it's Ohio State. They got five stars all over the roster, don't they? Yes, they do. No, they do. But that's and, a game Notre Dame's and, got to put away. But again, in modern football, you'd better have a quarterback. And that it used to be just the NFL where you'd say that. But in the last 15 to 20 years, college football has morphed into that where you better have a pretty good quarterback or you're just not going to be able to compete. Well, speaking of which, quarterback or quarterback play, we need to talk a little bit about one, Jordan Love. And we'll do so after we take this break. You're listening to Wisconsin SportsCast with Lucas and Oates. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Wisconsin SportsCast with Lucas and Oates, brought to you by Leopold's Bars, Book Cafe, and Fabiola's Spaghetti House on Regent Street. Well, i got to be truthful. I've got to be honest. I've got to be transparent. A lot of things I've never been in my life. But, Oatesy. <laughs> I gave up on the Packers yesterday in the third quarter. And then Derek Carr got hurt. And then I could see that they were going anyplace with Winston. And then who emerges in that fourth quarter? Jordan Love. But you didn't give up enough that you went out to mow the lawn, did you? No, no. So I you, did not. So you did watch. I stuck with it. You stuck with it. Uh, yeah, they didn't look very good for two and a half, three quarters, uh, especially on offense. They, they, they did not look good at all. Why? 
Um, why why well, such a, a sluggish start at home? Well, I mean, let's go right down the list. Christian Watson, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones. I mean, that's that's a who's who of their offense, if you really think about it. And uh, so, and the Saints have a real a premier defense. I mean, they 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 came in as one of the highest rated defenses in the NFL, and it's a very good defense uh, on front and back. At it on the back end, it does it. It's just good, and they really struggled. Then all of a sudden, something something lit uh, the fire. I don't know if it was car going out or whatever. It was uh, the the Packers did play pretty good defense throughout that game. Uh, they only gave up 10 defensive points. Uh, they gave some yards, but they only gave up 10 defensive points. But um, Jordan Love uh, really played well toward the end of that game. And and that's what you want to see. You want to see – you're probably not going to Because get, he had not played well in the fourth not, quarter against Atlanta. No, and you're probably not going to get consistency out of Jordan Love at this stage of his career. And it's unrealistic to expect that. But when you see flashes of something – him taking the team down the field to score the go-ahead touchdown. That's a flash. And that's the kind of thing you say, if he can do that all the time, we've got we've really got something here. Everything he does is kind of noteworthy simply because there was so very little known about Jordan Love coming into this season. What could we compare what he's doing now with last year or the year before last? No, it's it's the Packers' method of, of bringing quarterbacks along. Worked pretty well with uh, – Number twelve. Who's that? Uh, uh, Aaron. Uh, Lynn Dickey. Aaron. Uh, no, Dick, was Dickey twelve? Or was Dickey he was twelve as well. We'll yeah. check that for yeah. you later. No, I it worked with with, and I think you know I actually watched Jordan Love play quite a bit as a senior, and only one reason you I watched Utah State football. I saw him like three or four games, and the reason what the heck is what wrong with you? You were well, watching Utah that State was football. Was the year Gary Anderson went back oh. there and coached. So I kind of I'm wanted. I'm sure he to, did a magnificent job. I I, I kind of wanted to watch Gary Anderson coaching back at Utah State because that seemed to be a, a fit that he never should have left, and and he he wasn't cut out for the big time at either the Big Ten or the Pac-12, and and so I ended up watching them because and they had a good, you know I could see that Love had a lot of talent, a lot of mobility. A uh, big, strong kid. He didn't have arm. a good senior year, though, did he? Did he did not have a good senior year at all. And some of that was attributable to coaching. And what I saw then was inconsistency as a thrower. All right. And what I still see today is some inconsistency as a thrower. I don't know if if he he's he's doing something so well. His his throwing a move his movement throws are are getting better and better and better. Um, but in the NFL, you you have to be able to perform in the pocket efficiently. And if you don't, uh, it's going to be a real struggle. It's probably too early to say this. And even coming on the heels of the loss to Atlanta, it doesn't look like he gets rattled. What do you think? That's I, the best I, thing about him. That's absolutely the best thing about him is his demeanor. He, he's, he's a winner. You can tell he's focused on winning, and he's focused on maintaining calm, cool, collected demeanor so that the players around him don't feel that he's stressed in any way, shape, or form. I think, I think that's the best thing we've found out about, about Jordan Love so far after these, what, three games, is that he has a, a terrific uh, calmness about him out there on a the football field. And Aaron Rodgers casts such a long shadow, but it seemingly hasn't 
impacted Jordan Love to a great degree. Do you think? I no. mean, he's not trying to be something that he's not. But, he's not trying to be Aaron Rodgers. But let's be honest here. He had a lot easier than Aaron Rodgers did. Replacing Aaron Rodgers replacing Favre was more difficult than him replacing Aaron Rodgers. For the simple from what fact, perspective? From the simple fact that the fan base wasn't ready to get rid of Aaron Rodgers or uh, Brett Favre. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was booed at the family night scrimmage for crying out loud. And I think you know, with some of the things Aaron Rodgers has said and done, I mean, being over, a narcissist over his last two or three seasons. Um, I think the fans were just ready for something new, and they weren't ready for something new That's when Aaron Rodgers took over. And so Love's had it easier that way. And uh, uh, But, again, you never know this until they're out there in the fourth quarter of an NFL game and there's rushers are coming at him, and how cool common is he and, and what does he do? And, and so far he's looked – He's really looked the part in that regard. But what would our conversation sound like today had that kicker not choked on the field goal attempt for New Orleans and the Packers had lost the game instead of winning the game? Well, Would we have a different spin on everything we've just said? Well, it would be like we, we talked about with Aaron Rodgers for all those years. He'd lead him down to a fourth quarter touchdown or a go-ahead score, and then the defense would kick it away. And we talked about that for – for all of Aaron Rodgers, almost every year of Aaron Rodgers' starting career in Green Bay, and it would have been that. But you can't take that away from Jordan Love any more than you could take it away from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he did rally. He did, what he, and he, he also did. would have had a minute plus on the clock, which uh, would have been kind of fun to see how he would have would have been fun right? to see. That would have been much more similar to the Atlanta situation the previous week. Is that he had a he had a uh, another crack at it, and it would have been interesting to see what would have happened there. Um, I don't know. All he had to do was get him in field goal range, and nobody seems to worry about that kicker anymore like they were a month ago. So uh, it would have been interesting, but I think you can't erase what he what he did there in the fourth quarter. Selfishly, I love the fact that the National Football League is playing on a Thursday night, but that can't be real popular in, in locker rooms. The Packers have to turn around, get ready for the Lions, and play them on Thursday. That's not a lot of time to get prepared. As much as the players don't like artificial turf, they don't like Thursday night football yeah, games. Yeah, I get it. Because it's just too hard on their bodies. When you play on Sunday, uh, you know, some of these guys, their bodies aren't right till Wednesday anyway. And then you got to turn around and play a football game. That's, uh, that's, I, I, I think uh, if, the, if there's one thing the players, they don't like turf, but I really don't like Thursday night football games. Are you sold on Detroit? A lot of people are. Coming into this season, they were the trendy choice to, to win the division. I, I, I kind of like Dan Campbell. I mean, he's a, he's a likable meathead, if, if nothing else. Yeah, and they play hard. They play physical. They play and very hard, and they're going to come to play, and it's going to be an interesting game that way. I think they made a good move getting Jared Goff. I thought he was underrated with the Rams. Um, I think he's a decent quarterback. I don't know if he's a uh, a top tier quarterback. I don't think he is, but he's a he's a pretty good quarterback, and uh, they have a toughness now and a purpose uh, that comes that comes straight from Campbell that they didn't have in the past. It's kind of a intriguing early season showdown, isn't it? Between the who, the, the who, Lions and the who, Packers. Who had the Lions and the Packers playing for the division lead in the fourth week of the season? Did you have that on your? No, uh, I had the Bears. Dance card. <laughs> I had the Bears. Yeah, yeah. Wow. 
are they crap? Wow. How bad are they? Well, they surrendered. As I've always said, the Chicago Bears trying to win in the NFL without a quarterback since 1950. Since Sid Luckman retired. Speaking of surrender, how about your guys in Denver? Holy cow. Russell and his crew. How about Sean Payton? Ripping the smartest Nathaniel guy in the room. Hackett, ripping Nathaniel Hackett putting that product for a lousy <laughs> coaching job. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's team ever gave up seventy. And I'm sure that Sean Payton will figure out some way to blame it. Blame seventy points on Russell Wilson. He already has. There's some just crazy things happening over the weekend. Uh, we got into that meathead topic, and I, you know, I say that with all due respect to Dan Campbell. I found myself last week after we talked about Pat McAfee. Watching his show more and more. I don't now I'm hooked. Believe it or not, I'm hooked. And I was I was oh, fortunate. Luke, in, Luke, hey, Luke. I, I was fortunate in this respect. You're starting to worry me. Yeah, well, I, I caught the interview with Lou Holtz last week. He was he he was on the McAfee show, and McAfee has one of his stooges impersonate Holtz. And he did a really good job. I mean, he's got the makeup and everything. And that's where Holtz challenged the Buckeyes for not being tough enough. And then one Ohio State football coach was really upset after the game with Lou Holtz. I have seen Ryan Day now for about five oh, years. Oh, my. Uh, in a lot of settings and media rooms and on the sidelines and all that stuff. I never saw Ryan Day like that, ever. He was mad. And uh, he didn't hesitate to let anybody know after they came back to beat uh, the, the team that plays 10-man football from South oh. Bend. No question. This will be an unusual weekend for football fans in the state of Wisconsin since the Badgers are off, they don't have a Big Ten game, and the Packers play on a Thursday night. You talk yeah. about cut, going out and cutting your grass, this you can cut it twice. Get in the car and go up and look at the leaves because they're turning no. north. There you go. You're not going to do that. The fall colors? Hey, one last thought. Luke, have you ever seen a, have you ever yeah, the leaf? Yeah, I've grown do you know what a leaf the, is? Yeah, I grow, I've grown up in this state. I've seen leaves. And far too many of them in my backyard at the moment, too, for my good. Uh, one, one final thought. The most surprising thing you saw or heard over the weekend in any sport? The most surprising thing? See, you hit me with these things, yeah, Luke. Yeah, yeah. you got to give me a little preparation on these, on these babies. Uh, well, let's limit it. I'll tell you, college football and the NFL. Most surprising thing. I mean, uh, it's certainly we Probably we, Northwestern beating Minnesota. Yeah. I thought Northwestern was in complete and total disarray and after all the things that have happened down there. And you might want to say you could put the same, uh, Arizona Cardinals in that same kind of thing. They looked like a team that was tanking and in complete disarray, and they came back and beat the Cowboys. But Northwestern beating, beating Minnesota, and I flicked that on uh, right toward the end and, and saw the overtime, and uh, I, that, that just shocked me. I'll well, how say about, that. How about the Dallas Cowboys getting punched in the mouth by the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, yeah no question. Everyone, uh, everyone thought the Cardinals were playing for a number one draft pick. Well, it's, you know, this is, this is true in the NFL. And, and the team ownership, front office, even the coaches might be playing for a first-round draft pick. But the players aren't. The players are going out there, and everything they do is on film. And everything they do is about the rest of their career and making themselves and finding themselves work until their NFL career is over. So the players aren't out there uh, rolling over, hoping they can get, uh, you know, uh, 
Joey superstar from from whatever college. That's first of all, they probably have a friend who's quarterbacking. Secondly, they want to go out there and play well for themselves and their teammates, and and that that's why tanking in the NFL to me is really hard. So if you don't get a chance to go up north, um, come over to my yard and rake all the leaves. How's that? You have a yard? Yeah, I got a yard. Okay. You can do that for me? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, we'll yeah. see you Saturday yeah, yeah, Give me your address. You're yeah, over there on Briar, right? Yeah, I'll do that off the air. Hey, we want to thank you for joining us once again for episode three. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, you've been listening to the Wisconsin Sportscast with Lucas and Oates. Jerry University, we've been empowering students to pursue their goals for over 130 years. From innovative degree programs and helpful tools to campus locations focused on creating community for international students, we can help you find your way forward. We even offer international students 25% off tuition on select degree programs. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.